0: Memoirs of a Mackenzie Friend is sponsored by IAMLIP.com. Trigger Warning Memoirs of a Mackenzie Friend deals with the subject of divorce, child custody, domestic abuse, the attitude of public bodies, and the family court. Some people may find the content of this episode distressing. Some episodes contain explicit language. My name is Selena. Who am I? I am white. I am black. I am brown. And I am much, much more. I am a Christian. I am a Hindu. I am a Buddhist. I am a Sikh. I am a Muslim. I am Catholic. And human to the core. I am every person who did what they were supposed to do. Leave and tell. I am every person who was re-abused by the system. I am every person who was disbelieved by the police before I even began to speak my truth. I am every person who faced an unaccountable family court only to be silenced by their orders. I am Anonymous Us, and here are our stories. In the previous episode, I left you with a question. If beatings and bruises were not involved, could you see the abuse? Let me tell you about Holly's story. Holly met Ben during her first week at sixth form, where she had just started her A-levels alongside some of her school friends. They were all excited at the prospect of no longer being kids, no longer having to wear a school uniform. They'd spent all summer planning their look, their wardrobe, Their strut, their style. They had already discussed eagerly the universities they were going to go to, miles away from their hometown, of course. Holly had spent the summer working in a clothes shop in town. She was enjoying having her own money to spend how she wished, finally being her own young woman. Oh yeah, she was a young woman on the cusp of finding her place in the world. Ben was in two of her three A-level classes, and they often found themselves sitting next to each other in class. They got chatting and connected straight away. Ben was tall and broad, played rugby. The good-looking boy next door, who should have been in a boy band dating influencer types, not stuck in the local sixth-form college in a small town in the east of England. Lots of girls fancied Ben, including Holly and her friends. They'd swoon over him. God, he's fit, they'd giggle. But it was Holly he connected with. And to Holly's surprise, out of all the girls who liked him, who flirted with him, the ones who she thought were more attractive than her, not the ones still carrying their puppy fat, he chose her. In a few short weeks, they were dating properly. Ben was wonderful from day one, very attentive, romantic, swept Holly off her feet, and she fell head over heels in love. She couldn't believe it. Ben was perfect, and Holly's family loved him. ''What a nice young boy,'' said her mum. ''What a lovely, well-bought-up man,'' gushed her gran. Very quickly into the dating process, they talked about the future, moving in together, and even having children. As far as Ben was concerned, this was the real thing. As far as Holly was concerned, they were that, as soon as we met, we just knew couple. It was like an epic once-in-a-lifetime, all-encapsulating, plan-your-life-around-it-love.'' Ben felt connected to Holly in a way he'd never felt before. Ben told her that he'd never met anyone like her. She was different to other girls. He felt like he could tell her anything, and he did. He trusted her enough to share his childhood with her, something he had never done with anyone else, because Holly was the one he trusted. He told her how he was bullied at school, which left him with lifelong trauma, trust issues when it came to meeting new people, unable to make friends. That's why he never really had any friends, because as soon as he made them, the bullies would turn them against him. He always felt on the outside. But with Holly, Ben belonged. Holly felt honoured that Ben could confide in her. She felt she understood him in a way that others haven't before. She was the chosen one. It wasn't long before she was spending all of her time with him. Holly's friends had organised a catch-up brunch for school friends. Holly was excited to go and catch up with everyone as she hadn't seen her friends in a while being caught up in the honeymoon period with Ben. She missed them. And they were missing not being able to see her. There'd been a couple of jokey comments about Holly being the kind of girl who dumps her mates as soon as a boy comes along. But in truth, it was all just jokes and jest. When she mentioned it to Ben, he seemed to have an odd reaction but told her she should go and have a good time. During the week leading up to brunch, Ben's demeanour changed towards Holly. Nothing in particular. His behaviour was just... Off. Moody. Giving one-word answers with a shoulder shrug. Not his wonderful, loving, attentive self. And this seemed to come out of the blue. When she called him in the evening, Ben said he was busy in the middle of something and he couldn't talk to her and he'd call her back. Of course, he didn't call her back. Holly had a sleepless night. And by the next day, she was a mess. It knocked her for six. Was he splitting up with her? She racked her brains. What could she have done to make him behave like this? So Holly went round to see Ben to find out what was wrong. He was upset about brunch. Not her going, of course. She could go. Why couldn't she? It wasn't like he was her keeper. But their comments about her being the kind of girl who dumps her friends. It made him look bad in front of her friends. It was obvious what they were thinking about him and by Holly agreeing to go under those circumstances and not putting them straight? What was she also saying about Ben? After all, why was she going? It was apparent she didn't want to. She was only going to shut her friends up. So what did that mean? Their opinion was more important than their relationship. Holly had no idea where this thought process came from. It knocked her for six. She was mortified. Is that how it had come across? She certainly didn't mean for it to. She was devastated that she and her behaviour and conduct had made Ben feel like that, she couldn't apologise enough. Although Ben accepted her apology and explanation, but that wasn't the end of it. The conversation continued. Ben was concerned about Holly's friends. It wasn't that he didn't like her friends. He didn't trust them. They were the same kind of girls that tried it on with him when they first met. And it was obvious they were just jealous because Ben liked Holly and not them and they were trying to cause trouble and get in the way. That's why all the little comments were coming. She was no longer the podgy friend Holly who would tag along behind them. And if they had had boyfriends, they certainly wouldn't be putting their friendships first, and they certainly wouldn't be putting podgy Holly first. Could Holly not see that they would have loved nothing more than to drive a wedge between her and Ben? And they were succeeding. This went on for hours. There was nothing Holly could say or do to reassure him that he had got the wrong end of the stick. And when she had confided in him about feeling like the podgy friend tagging along, it was because that's how she felt, not how her friends made her feel. Holly decided that the best thing she could do was to pull out of brunch. And as Ben reminded her, she did have a boyfriend to consider now. And then things went back to normal. It brought them even closer. And it made Holly realise there was no way she was ever letting anyone get in the way of her and Ben again. How could she have allowed her friends to make her feel bad? It's a good job Ben had made her see sense. One of the things that did come out of the brunch episode was that Holly realised that this was her first relationship and she was still learning. Ben was right when he said that Holly, being an only child, had never had to consider anyone else. She was spoiled. She promised she'd be more thoughtful. And when she was thoughtful and considerate and stopped being selfish and spoiled, such as putting them first, putting his needs first, not taking him for granted, not being selfish, not caring about other people's opinions first, not seeing anyone, not spending time with anyone, not allowing her friends to get in the way then their relationship was wonderful. Ben became even more attentive. He began doing even more romantic stuff. Holly had a Saturday job at a fashion retailer in the town centre. On one particular Saturday, when Holly was at work, Ben turned up at lunchtime to surprise her. He put together a romantic picnic and whisked her off and apologised for the whole brunch thing. Her colleagues were really impressed and couldn't stop gushing about what a perfect, thoughtful, attentive boyfriend he was and how fortunate she was to have him. And Holly was happy after what had happened with her so-called school friends and brunch. This was just the pick-me-up that she and her relationship needed. The following week, Ben dropped by again and again until he was turning up every week, even though Holly had said there was no need. And although she didn't say it, Sometimes Holly wished he didn't. She also wanted to go to lunch with her colleagues. He'd also bring her lunch. Not a picnic like the first time. Usually something he'd made like a sandwich or a salad bowl. It was sweet and thoughtful. Ben wanted to make sure she was eating correctly. What now with her making a concerted effort to shed her puppy fat? Something that Ben urged her to do. But he was only being supportive. I mean, after all, it was Holly that brought it up to him and she must have brought it up and told him that for a reason. It was a shame Holly didn't have any self-control and wasn't disciplined and if only Holly understood what he was doing with her diet she'd have lost it all by now. Holly quite liked her lunches. There was this family-run coffee shop near her work. She loved their toasties, especially the cheese and onion ones. She'd also get a coconut slice and an iced coffee. It was her one treat to herself. On one Saturday, Holly told Ben not to bring lunch as she would treat them. She really fancied her coffee shop lunch. She can't explain it, but Ben got really offended. It sounded like she was criticising him. Nothing he was going to do was ever going to be good enough for her, was it? If she didn't like the sandwiches he was bringing, why didn't she say before? Why didn't she appreciate him? Why was she listening to others, letting them get in the way? Could she not see he was helping her make good choices, I mean, she was the one who brought up the subject of her puppy fat, if she remembers. He liked her the way she was. And he was only saying it because he cared. He was only trying to be supportive. But hey, if she was taking his care the wrong way, maybe he should back up, i.e. split up. And all of a sudden, there it was again. Her slipping up. Her being spoilt and not considerate. And not realising how her actions and words affected Ben. She wasn't taking his childhood trauma into account. He didn't grow up with a warming, loving mum. His was cold. He was doing this caring thing to make up for something he didn't have. Could she not see that her behaviour was a rejection of him? So once again, there she was crying, reassuring him. That's not what she meant. Ben had got the wrong end of the stick. She wasn't being ungrateful. Holly would be more considerate in future. Everything, every part of their relationship was a confusion for Holly. She couldn't do right for doing wrong, always apologising, always doing wrong. He was always mad. He was always upset. Why didn't she get it? She was so selfish. If she didn't want to put them first, why was she in a relationship? Go, go, go have her friends. And when Ben would calm down and Holly would behave herself again, it's then he would start crying, apologising profusely, realising he's overreacting, begging her to forgive him. He doesn't know what he'd do if she left him. And as for Holly, it was her job to be a good girlfriend and be supportive. If she just didn't keep making these mistakes, she could fix him. And all she ever did was clip her wings to make him feel safe and secure. That's what I mean by other slip-ups. And actually, there were many of them. She always seemed to be apologising for something. Around the same time, Holly began getting a few low marks on some of her college essays. Holly had to admit... Between her A-levels, her Saturday job, spending every waking moment with Ben, on the phone to Ben, texting Ben, it was all getting too much. She broached the subject with Ben that a couple of nights off a week, where he didn't come round, would be good. She could focus on her college work, he could focus on his. And it was healthy to do their own thing sometimes. A few nights a week wouldn't be such a big deal. Ben also suggested she should consider giving up her Saturday job. It was taking up too much of her time. Holly explained that that wasn't going to be possible. She had a store card. She'd got it over the summer before she met Ben. It was used to buy clothes to go to sixth form with. It wasn't really a big deal and it wasn't a huge amount. She was on top of it, comfortably paying it off with her Saturday job, with enough left over for all the social stuff. Besides, Holly loved her job and got on well with the girls there, and at times, after work, they'd go for a drink, although the last few times, he'd wrung her upset so she left and went round to his. After all, it was her job to be a good girlfriend. Much to Holly's surprise, Ben was really cool with her keeping her Saturday job. In fact, he was really supportive. In fact, he offered to help her put her schedule together and manage her time more efficiently. Despite trying to stick to Ben's schedule, it wasn't helping. Her grades were still up and down, and her schedule was making her really unhappy. Every minute of every day was being accounted for. Yet something had to give, and it wasn't going to be her job. Then, out of the blue, Ben did his usual. He began pulling away and was off with her. And when she asked him, again the usual response, nothing. She'd obviously done something wrong and upset him. Maybe she wasn't being grateful enough for the schedule. I mean, experience had taught her it was these kind of things that used to upset Ben. But instead of eventually coming round, like he would usually do, telling her that he had done wrong, the mood continued, And then one evening he texted her. I think we should finish. Holly was floored. The boy she loved was finishing it with her, but why? She was beside herself with panic. In tears she rang him. He didn't pick up. She left tearful voicemails begging him to talk to her, tell her what was wrong. Whatever it was, she was sorry. They'd fix it. She'd fix it. She'd change. The following morning, having not slept, crying all night, she went round to Ben's. Holly begged him. Tell me, why are you doing this? He kept saying. Nothing. It's for the best. They toot and froed for hours before he finally explained that if being with him was causing her to fail her A-levels, then maybe it was best they finished. He was doing what was best for her. He didn't want to have a negative effect on her life. He didn't want to prove everyone right. And the brunch comment was brought up again. Her automatic response was to be totally apologetic for her behaviour. She certainly didn't mean to make him feel bad, like he was to blame. And eventually, he allowed her to talk it through. And by the end of the evening, Holly realised the best thing for her was to give up her job. And on top of that, Ben selflessly insisted on paying off her store card debt so she could give up her job comfortably. Could she ask for a better boyfriend? Ben also apologised for overreacting. It's just that he cared for Holly so much, and due to his childhood trauma, it was understandable that he reacted fearfully to things. Holly reassured Ben that he had nothing to apologise for. Holly had had a stable upbringing and she should be more understanding to how her behaviour could affect Ben. She always seemed to be apologising for something. Sometimes, though, it did feel like an emotional roller coaster. But that's what true love is. It's not meant to be easy. On reflection, giving up her job was the best thing for Holly. Although her grades were still up and down, things between her and Ben improved no end. Although with Ben's support, her schedule remained. He created a study and coursework schedule, and Ben always knew where she was. Bonus, they were seeing each other all the time. Two years seemed to fly by in a blink of an eye, and it wasn't long before they were thinking of uni. Holly rarely spoke to her former friends, just the odd smile and hello when she saw them in class. Her whole life was Ben. Holly's plan to go to uni in London to study law had fallen by the wayside. She would now be going to the local university near home to study teaching, the same one as Ben. It didn't surprise any of her old friends. Her life was about him now. Holly's cousin Amy had recently returned from travelling and was concerned that Holly was no longer applying to her preferred universities to study law. Come on, Hols, don't plan your life around a guy. There are no guarantees you may even stay together, Amy said to Holly. Holly was livid. How dare Amy try to poison her mind against Ben? If it weren't for Ben, Holly wouldn't even be going to university. What with her not being able to cope, especially since realising she's not that smart after all. Besides, could she really cope with studying law? What with her struggling academically already? It turned out to be a good decision. University wasn't easy for Holly, or Ben. Holly struggled all the way through uni. And during it, she was diagnosed with depression. All her family were just as concerned, including Ben. She doesn't know what she'd have done without Ben. Holly's family doesn't know what they would have done without Ben. He was carrying the load for both of them. And despite everything, he still loved Holly. He was there for her. When most other blokes would have run, he stuck around. Holly was fortunate to have him. Roll on another three years. They graduated and pretty quickly began working. Both her and Ben thought it would be best if she worked as a teaching assistant. Less pressure. Besides, they'd be having kids soon and she'd have to give up working then. Ben began his career in marketing and did very well. They also bought a house very quickly. Luckily, Ben was very good with money. And now it was time to get married. Ben couldn't wait to start a family. Holly ran away on the honeymoon. She boarded a plane to London where her cousin Amy met her. She left Ben broken hearted and after everything he'd done for her. What a bitch. Poor man. He was heartbroken. This is what people saw on the outside. This is what was playing out in front of their eyes. But how many of you could see the red flags when Holly's story was put simply like that? The stuff that was happening but no one saw because it was behind closed doors. It's private. It's no one else's business. It's between us. It's just between you and me. They don't understand us. They're just jealous. They want to split us up. Why are you listening to them? I only want what's best for you. Why are you being difficult? Do you not trust me? God, you always have to push. You're stupid. You're thick. Who else would put up with you there? That's a good girl. Let's keep it between us. It's private. Memoirs of a Mackenzie Friend is sponsored by IAMLIP.com. If you are struggling with any of the issues discussed in today's episode, please go to www.iamlip.com where you can receive further information and help. Disclaimer The stories mentioned in this episode are fictional accounts based on and adapted from real life experiences. Due to the repetitive nature of the family court, any similarities to any other cases are purely coincidental.